Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Jana Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Before we get into the episode today, if you haven't heard already, registration is now open for the June-July round of Wanting It More, which is, in my opinion, the program to take if you want to want and enjoy sex more with your husband, but you just don't. It's an online eight-week group experience with weekly classes, coaching, community support, and even calls for your husband, which is a brand new part of the program. To get all the information, watch testimonials, and see if it's a good fit, go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more. If you need a little extra support to make the decision, you can book a call with me personally. Just send me an email and I'll send you the link to book. I really hope to see you within wanting it more. It's an incredibly special experience, as I'm sure you've been hearing on our recent episodes and in the one today as well. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. I am Jana, as you know, and today we are joined by Amber. Amber recently took Wanting It More and she decided to come on with all the courage she has and share a little (laughs) piece of her story. So Amber, why don't you share a little bit about yourself to get us started? Okay. Thanks, Jana, so much for having me. I'm very grateful to be here today doing this. Um... I am um, a mom of three, 12, eight, and six. Uh, We homeschool, so they keep me very busy from day to day. Um, I will have been married for almost 18 years this summer. Uh, We live in South Texas, uh, Southern United States, um, and this is home. So (laughs) what is south texas like i Hot. i'm from canada <laughs> i don't know much about about america <laughs> so it's, is yeah. it hot there right now it is not it well for us no uh, for you maybe we're uh in the mid 80s right now uh but this summer we'll hit over a, i think last summer we did like over 35 days over 100 or 35 days in a row over 100 so yes so everyone has AC in their house. Yes. I always say, you know how you may be familiar with this. Well, I know you get out with your kids all the time too, but um, how a lot of kids with cold climates will spend a lot of time indoors during the cold. So we are basically the flip of that. <laughs> so we are outside all winter and all spring and fall and inside all summer because it's just not manageable. <laughs> that is so funny. That yes. Wow. I could t- talk about that forever because that must change <laughs> the culture a lot as well, like to have a warmer climate and wow, fascinating. Um, it is. And so you've been married for 18 years and you've got three kids. Um, what were, let's just dive right into talking about sex, me as well. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So what were your earlier experience, uh, is with sex, uh, growing up, like some of the messages, um, what kind of climate you were raised in 
and then also like sort of dating and getting to know your your husband to show pre-marriage days Yeah. So I um, was brought up in a non-denominational religious faith uh, of Christianity. Um, And there was one message around sex and that was abstinence. That was it. Hard stop. Um, Just don't do it. That's right. Yes. And and then do it really well when you get married. And then Yes. And know all the things. And also we're not going to do it, but we are going to spend the majority of our education and time with you only talking about not doing it. <laughs> what, what a great use of time. It, it sounds really uh, counterproductive, but, and it was, <laughs> so, um, but so my whole junior high or middle school, high school experience, it just felt like that was the focus all the time, all the time. It was the message of abstinence. It was, um, there were whole conferences devoted to it that we would go to banquets that we'd have with parents to sign pledge cards. (laughs) (laughs) I were really shocked. This is such a different culture than what I was raised in. Yeah. Uh, ring exchanges where a father would place a uh, true love weights ring on your wedding ring that was not to be removed until it was replaced by a wedding band. Um, yeah, so this was, it was, it was huge. I mean, it was the thing and it was, so it was talked about, but only that we're not doing it. <laughs> Did you know what sex was? Did you understand that like the penis went in the vagina and orgasms? Did you know anything about that? I did know the the basics of it. I have two older sisters, which I'm so grateful for because and I always tell my sisters, thank you for being our martyr. <laughs> you know, she kind of had to forge the path for us. It is poor thing. Um, but she, yeah, so... I did understand the concepts of it um, and what the mechanics of it were. So um, thank, you know, thankful to my sister for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just, um, so the messages were always like, um, you know, sex is bad until marriage. Sex is wrong until marriage. Sex is not pleasing God until marriage. My body and brain are hearing these things for my very impressionable adolescent years and development of my brain. They're writing these things. My brain's writing these things. My body's writing these things, storing this information. And then you're just the day you say I do, you should flip the switch and now it's fine. Mm-hmm. Not only fine, Uh, but probably amazing and, you know, just sparks of love and joy and and ecstasy and to become one (laughs) and the souls will unite and the the angels will sing in heaven. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. And it's just so beautiful and all the things. Um, And so that was kind of my, the messaging around it growing up. Um, I struggled to make the flip 
to make the switch, um, which makes sense. So um, I would say that intimacy was a struggle from the beginning of our marriage. Um, Obviously, there were, um, because of the way that my messaging around it, um, it was just hard for me. It was hard for me to just change my whole view of it because of one ceremony that we had. Um, so there was always just the the mismatch of desire levels, um, you know, and, and I just felt like this is like, we're here. This is the pinnacle. I, we finally get to do this, right? <laughs> we finally get to ha- do this anytime we want. And it's good. It's going to bless your marriage. And, you know, and, and it wasn't feeling blessing. <laughs> um, it was feeling uh, scary. And that thing that my, that something was wrong with me because I have reached this place where it's supposed to be amazing and and it's not um it was you know it wasn't terrible but it was just mainly the huge disconnect was the desire level and just not feeling like I could ever meet those expectations for my husband as far as the amount of times that it was happening this may be too much information so let me know okay okay (laughs) What was your, so did you wait until, until your wedding night to have sex? Uh, no, we didn't. Did you try? Yeah. Sorry, mom, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Mom's Sorry, not, not, I, mom's not yeah. listening. I don't think. <laughs> right. I doubt it. Yeah. So the first um, time, if we could talk about this, it's so, yes. so relatable because I think so many couples who want to wait until their wedding night actually don't. And it becomes this, I don't know, uh, I've heard shameful, sort of mm, not a great way to start. Was that like, what is that? Yeah, you're nodding your head. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So because we chose uh not to wait there was the initial that like the initial period of when we decided or when that happened there was a lot of shame wrapped up in it mm-hmm. um you know and I remember um even this is crazy but I remember we were uh in college seniors in college and even after like the six months of dating, which, um, and then we had that happen towards the end of it, there was already a desire disconnect, you know, where, mm-hmm. so I was, uh, I, I went and saw a counselor on campus and said, you know, you know, he just is like, wants to do this all the time. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. This is already, this is pre-marriage. So you can imagine things didn't just get fixed when we got married. Um, and she told me, you know, that just all relationships are about compromise. Um, you have to just kind of meet in the middle and, you know, he's going to have to hear no and you're going to have to just give in when you don't, even when you're not up to it. And so I was just like, okay. So then we got engaged and there was, um, we decided when we got engaged, like, okay, 
we had already had sex, but we're like, let's not have sex while we're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like this is going to matter, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, hear, I hear this a lot too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and that was a really great time for me <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I really just felt like we really got to know each other even more on a deeper level. There was no pressure. And then we got married and I remember just crying like to myself on my honeymoon. I'm like, I don't have like the safety net to say no anymore. Like I am obligated now. Um, and I just felt like this overwhelming sense of pressure and being trapped almost, you know, like, and just, I don't know. It was just, it was a very confusing time for me. Um, and so, yeah, we just things. So when we resumed, when we got married, we resumed with the physical intimacy and, you know, the issues resumed with him having, um, a higher desire for me than me. And, um, so I reached out to my mom. Wow. uh, Yeah. After this, you know, (laughs) it's really cool how you reached out to a counselor and then you reached out to your mom. It's, it's really neat. I mean, so many people don't reach out at all. Unfortunately, you didn't get great advice when you reached out first. Right. Let's hear what you you got from your mom. (laughs) So my mom is, you know, she is also a product of her generation and her culture. And this is like, we don't talk about these things. Um, So I don't know that she was very comfortable, but she, she did her best with what she had. And she just said, you know, I just told her the truth that uh, I was just always nervous about it, that I felt like it was something that I wasn't looking forward to. And I was always just like, do I have to do this? And she was like, she's like, well, she's like, I think you just like, I think you just need to relax, have a glass of wine, you know, just try to get out of your head. And, you know, she did her best to try to tell me that it is also for me. Um, The experience was also for me. It didn't necessarily translate that way. Um, and so the, she had gone to a marriage conference and so she picked me up a, a book. <laughs> um, I won't say the name of it here, but, uh, essentially it just reinforced all the messaging of, uh, that was not helpful. Um, would you mind like, actually, would you mind actually saying the name of the book just because it's really helpful for people to know? Yes, yes, yes. I I don't mind at all. I just didn't want to um, cross any boundaries for you or or your your show. So um, the name is "What Kind of Love Are You Making?" and it's by Linda Dillo and Dr. Julie uh, Flattery. Um, and so essentially, it was more of the same kind of messaging and I was gonna if you would like me to I was gonna read you they have these little breakouts where each author kind of um talks about their own experience with it so 
if you would like me to, I would read, I would read you an excerpt of it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so one of the authors says, as I look back on my almost 50 years of a marriage, I am filled with thankfulness to God. He burned into my heart that intimacy with Jody needed to be a, prior a priority in my lifestyle. Do, did I do this perfectly every year in our marriage? Of course not. But I consistently made secret choices to make passion a priority. I don't regret spending an afternoon making love with my husband instead of cleaning up a messy house. I don't regret trying over and over again to spend a weekend alone with my husband when it seemed like it was too much work. I don't regret, regret swallowing embarrassment and saying or doing what my husband asked me to try because it made his face light up with pleasure. Oi, 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 oi. <laughs> yeah. And so to me, I was just, you know, I'm reading these things. I'm like, okay, yeah, I just got to keep pushing through, you know, I just got to keep, um, keep doing it. And then I'll just share one other. It said that um, it says you already know how to love your husband with natural selfish love. It's easy to please him when he's pleasing you. But do you know the secret of loving him when it's a bad husband day? Do you know how to respond to him sexually when it's the very last thing on earth you feel like doing? This is the kind of love that God wants to develop in you and your husband. And he just might be using your sexual differences as the training ground. In contrast to selfish love, God's love for us is unconditional, unchanging, and steadfast. We call this servant love. So instead of always asking, what's in it for me? Servant love asks, how can I bless my husband? Oy, that is really intense. Yeah. And it's so, so, it's so interesting where it's talking about the unconditional love of God and and. A, an un, a loving father, a loving God, a loving mother universe, whatever term you're using, right. is going to want nothing but 100% yes, pleasure, and consent. Comfort and safety. Yes. <laughs> That's wild. Yes. And so I just, you know, I just kept, I wanted to be a good wife. I wanted to be um because my husband is amazing and he is a very, he's, a, you know, a great gift to me. I'm so grateful for him. Um, and I wanted to do what I was supposed to do. Was, and he, not, was he aware that you were struggling? He was, he was. Um, and he was always as supportive, I guess, as he, he could have been without having any kind of skills or knowledge about what was happening, um, which for both of us were limited. And both of us were just under the belief that uh, this is part of marriage. And this is, this is what we, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we got. So <laughs> what was it like um, for you to have sex when you weren't feeling like it and you felt like you were doing it out of a sacrifice? Um, I would often just disassociate, um, either try to mentally escape thinking about, you know, what I needed to get done, 
the next day, what kid needed to be where, um, you know, doing all the logistics and just, you know, hoping it didn't take too long mm-hmm. um, so that we could check the box and move forward. And then I wouldn't have to think about it for a few days. Um, and then sometimes it was, sometimes it was tolerable. Sometimes it was enjoyable. And then sometimes though, it was just, you know, after we would just, we would just get in bed after and are good to go to sleep. And, um, I would just cry to myself Yeah. and I just would think to myself, this is, this cannot be how it's supposed to be. This cannot, but I didn't know what else. All I've heard growing up, all I've heard in early marriage was yet that this is it. This is what you do. Um, and so I just felt broken. I felt broken. I felt um, used. I felt just a ton of shame. And the resentment was just growing astronomically because I would just feel like, how can he not feel this in my body? Or how can he not see this. Um, and at times he would after he would say, you know, are you okay? Is everything okay? You know, and just as women, I think we are just taught to say, yes, I'm fine. Like, don't be a burden. Don't, don't put something on somebody. I did. So I would tell him, yeah, I'm fine. But then I had this resentment, like he should know though, that I'm not fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um I kind of so then after our third child I was like okay I'm not getting the message from obviously anywhere in the religious community that I thought was supportive so I'm going to ask my doctor who is she's she's not it's she's not religious affiliated in any, any way. We've never discussed religion or marriage or expectations of that. And we had just had our third child and I was um, nursing her full time and just uh, exhausted, totally touched out. But this was an issue in our marriage and uh, needs were not getting met. And so I went to her and just said, can you please check my hormone levels? Like I have no desire, have no libido, you know, something is wrong. Something's not right. Like I'm too young for this to be happening. And so we did, they all came back normal, which was a little disappointing. Yeah. I've been there (laughs) because, you know, if there's something medically, you could just take a pill and it's fixed. Right. Uh, that was not the case. Um, so she just said, you know, when I went back to review the results of her, she said, everything's fine. And she was like, she kind of was just like, look, you know, it's just one of those things. Like you just got to do it. Just get it over with. It makes men a better, a better father. He'll be a better husband. Like, and it can be enjoyable for you sometimes too. And, and I was just like, Okay. Okay. You just, you just couldn't catch a break. I I was throwing out a lot of lifelines, Jana. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, usually people don't even ask, but you were looking for help. 
It really was. And I was like, okay. And that just, it kind of, when I, when she told me that it kind of just doubled down for myself that it really was me because I'm like, okay, she's not using it from a religious point. You know, now I know she's really using it from a cultural standpoint. Uh, I know that now through the work we've done in WIM. But at the time I was just like, yeah, like it's not based in religion. This is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we continued on for a few more years and then into last year, I was on some uh, medication that um, caused a lot of discomfort around penetrative sex. And um, so my husband was supportive. He's like, of course, like if, if it hurts you, like I don't want to do anything that hurts you or whatever. And so very super patient. Um and so we had this period, we would go long, longer periods of time for us where there was no um, intercourse. And I it started to realize when there was space to ha- want to engage in sex that I actually, I really did have desire. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did have these things. But we, I still just had all the pressure from him unknowingly from him. He didn't know it was pressure. I didn't know it was pressure. Um, and so finally, I remember that like this just very clearly, um, I was, we had not had, had sex in a few weeks and um, he, we were in the bathroom getting ready for bed and he saw me grab some personal items. So he knew that. I was uh, on my period and he was just very passive aggressive. He's just like, well, he's like, I guess we can just never link up our cycles. Can we? Hmm. Um, and I just looked at him and said, I'm done with d- duty sex. I'm done. Wow. You just hit the wall. Yeah, it was. I like something. I don't know what flipped in me. I just said, I, I just, I'm done. I said, if I, I will only ever do it if I want to from now on. <laughs> Amber, we had a similar experience. I also felt that way. And uh, he just, and he's like, so of course they, for my husband jumped to his biggest fear. So you're saying you're, you're, you're completely fine with the sexist marriage. You're, you're fine with that. I was just like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but I just, I just won't do it unless I want to like, I'm just done making sure that where it's happening a certain amount of time. I just was done with all that. Um, so uh, I, the next few weeks, um, I saw your ad come through on social media and I was like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> and the timing of it, because I had never seen it. I have never had any kind of, knowledge of the work you do, that this even existed, nothing. Um, you know, I know some women on here have talked about they had they had known of you for a while and they thought about it. And, but this was just out of nowhere. And I, so I signed up for the class, the free class, and um, you had sent out the podcast to listen to while we were waiting for the class to date to approach. 
Um, and I listened to those and it was just, my mind was blown. Hmm. I was like, somebody knows, somebody knows what I'm going through. Yeah. It does feel like we're the only ones out there. It does. It does. Because even within my friend circle, I just did not get the feedback that this was an issue for them. And I don't know if it was that it truly wasn't or that they didn't want to appear that they ha- did not have a good marriage or, you know, I'm not sure. Or that we just we just don't talk about sex, which we don't. Um, but nobody was saying anything. And um, so I had sent my husband one of the podcasts. I just said, hey, uh, if you get a chance, will you will you listen to this? And um, he said he's always been very open to suggestions that will be helpful in that arena. <laughs> uh, so whatever he can do to make it better. Um, he said, yeah, of course. And then he listened to the first few and and, and we talked about him and, and it's like the light slowly started to turn on for him. Um, and then he just was like, I don't know, just revelations every day. Like, I'm pretty sure he binged the whole, your whole podcast series in like four days. <laughs> that is fantastic. I keep on hearing about men who listen to this podcast and I'm so happy about yes, it. Yeah, I know. And he would say, I know this podcast is not for me or for, for men, but, um, uh, he's like, it just was very beneficial for him to hear the other side you know, specifically, probably not specifically not for me too, because I think after you've been with somebody for so long, you have a lot of prejudice and preconceived notions about what they're saying. You've already told yourself a lot of stories about it and it's hard to break that. But when you hear all these other women who are saying these same things, it's, he's like, oh yeah, this is happening. So, um, we, um, I said, well, let, you know, we had a lot of, this is pre, even the free class. We had a lot of tough conversations, a lot of just hard, hard times, um, for both of us, you know, it's just like, we just both had felt so cheated in our experience together. Uh, from the beginning, um, there's just a lot of healing that was going to have to take place for me on, you know, things that he had, that had happened unintentionally, of course. Um, and so we, we, we started that journey together and then I listened to your free class and then he listened with me and we talked about it and, um, we, you know, honestly, it was the time and the resources. There was just this part of me that was like, do I really have to spend this amount, amount of money on myself? Because, because I don't know how to do the most natural thing in the world. Yeah, that's, the, that's such a challenging thing to get over, I think, for women. Yeah, we're supposed, what does it mean about me that I have to take a course about sex? So yeah, strange. that's, it is. It's like, yeah, it's like you should have to take 
a course about how to be a mom, like, you know, which, which you should, for some things you should, <laughs> you know, but we have all this, you know, culture tells us, no, you should just know these things. This is the basics. This is instinctual. Just, just follow yourself. Um, so we talked about that and, you know, we had made so much discoveries on our own that I was, that we were like, well, maybe, you know, maybe we can just keep talking and keep figuring it out. And, um, and I'm just so thankful we did not do that because it just, I think about going through the course and all that we learned and all that I learned and all the discoveries we made, there's just, there's no way we could have done it on our own, you know, and that is, that's coming from someone, a couple who I feel like we are, have a lot of uh, emotional intelligence. We have great communication. We have all these things in place. And even with that, we would have not figured it out. Uh, we just, uh, we needed the class. So I'm just so grateful for it. Um, and one of the reasons I just wanted to do the podcast as nervous as I am, um, those first few weeks of just hearing all the stories were so impactful for me. And even after going through when I can still just hear some of their voices in my head and just remembering the things I said and just, I, you know, we're very fortunate that we were, we had the resources to, for me to be able to take this class, but I just know that's not the case for everybody. And so I just feel like the more stories, the more people that can share that hopefully some, all the women listening would be able to connect with somebody or something someone said. So thank you again for letting me share. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And yeah, that is a, a big vision of sharing these stories is there's something so powerful about hearing that your a piece of your story and somebody else's to know that you're not alone and you're not broken. And yeah, we all just suffer in silence when it comes to this topic because of culture. Thanks, culture. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure everyone's dying to know what <laughs> what sort of epiphanies did you have? What changed uh, for you? What conversations did you have with your partner? What were some of your highs, your lows? Tell us all of yeah. this. Okay. Um, you know, so we kind of, or I kind of felt like going in, we had a little bit of a jump start as far as a lot of, um, the knowledge that you would be covering. But, um, I do just want to say for any woman who is, you know, contemplating taking the course that's on the fence about it, I just cannot reiterate for me, I just cannot say this enough, the power of community and what that did for me, um, as far as healing and growth and support. Um, so if you're on the fence, I would, I really hope that you would, that you would, uh, make the leap and take it because I, it would, it would benefit you for sure. What is it like uh, to go mm -hmm. in? Cause I'm on this side and I've never yeah. been on your side. Was it, were you nervous? Did it feel exciting? Um, were you shy to share at first? Yeah. What was your experience? I mean, it's very unusual to be with a group of 
you know, 70 women <laughs> talking about <Yes>. sex. <laughs> that you've never met. <laughs> you've never met. Yeah. Um, I was very excited. I was very nervous, very nervous to share. Um, but as more people shared, that fear kind of came down. Um, and I realized that the more I did participate and the more I shared, the more growth and healing happened for me. Um, so that was kind of my motivation to just keep sharing. Um, I loved having, I loved seeing all the people in all different places and walks of life from, you know, their experiences and just that it's just being from all over the parts of the world just um, made me see how the issue around this is, is so huge. Mm -hmm. It's so huge. It's not in a region. No, it's not in a, in one particular race or age group or nothing. I mean, it is, uh, it's, it's a giant, um, I don't know that somehow just was validating for me mm -hmm. to see that it made so much sense that I, that I had such a struggle getting out of this culture that had such a grip on me because it's everywhere for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, that patriarchy. And I think one of the revelations for me was um, I had always had this preconceived notion of what a feminist looked like. Uh, huge general, huge generalizations on my part. And I would be like, that's not me. That's not who, like, that's not, no, like, I don't relate with that at all. <laughs> you know? Um, and one of those was that they don't like men, that mm -hmm. they don't support men. And I think one of the biggest realizations for me through this course is like, that is not true at all. We, we love our husbands. We love men. I have several men in my life or who have played a role in my life that are, that are important to me. And I think it was just the realization like that there's space for both there is space for me to want equality for all women and to love men and want what's best for them too. And I think that is a huge part of the messaging that flips through the cracks. Oh, so. warms my heart, Amber. <laughs> it's so great because <laughs> so that's ultimately what, what drives me to do this work is yeah. the equality of men and women, which means that no one's dominating, you know, either party. Yeah, right. We're all just people. And um, I guess, too, just the revelation of all of this knowledge is um, you cannot unsee or unknow these things that you learn. And once you do, it's just like the floodgates open. You just, and this is why it is, it's a, it's life-changing for what you're doing. The work is life-changing, not only just for the relationship of the marriage, but in just society, because you you see it in every facet of every part of what makes our world go round. Um, 
so it's so much bigger than just sex. <laughs> yeah. So those cultural messages around um, around men and women and patriarchy seem to have made a big difference for you. What were some other what What were some other things that have helped you um, shift? I think also just digging down to the root of what my husband was using sex for and um, why that was so heavy for me. You know, he was using it as a sense of reassurance and security in our marriage, um, a sense of, you know, kind of like a mood stabilizer. You know, like just not being grumpy and being patient and just being fulfilled and being happy. And so that is why there was such a weight on me and why I always felt like I had to provide this because I think even then I had an intuition like it wasn't just about connection and orgasm for him. Like it was, you know, a huge part of what he needed mm-hmm. Um, just to function. And I felt responsible for that. And I think the biggest thing was learning that I'm not responsible for that. I only, he can be responsible for those things. Um, and I was essentially feeding into the pattern of it all, not knowing, but it felt like I wanted to support him and I, and, and I wanted to be a good wife to him. And I just, I didn't know any other way how, Um, I was never taught or shown. So I think just releasing myself of all those things, helping him realize those things also, which was not easy or overnight and still working on it, but he is, he's doing the work. Um, and he has even said, you know, it was pretty short sighted of him to think that he was just going to watch some videos and read a book and everything would be fine. Like, you know, cause I kept telling him, you're going to have to do your part. You're gonna have to go on your own journey and do, do the, the work. And he was just like, you know, he didn't blow me off, but he just didn't put the weight of what I thought it was going to take initially, but now he gets, he gets it and he knows. So that was probably uh, the second biggest revelation that was just so freeing is I, I cannot be responsible for him um, in those kind of ways that he has to find that his value and self-worth within himself. Yeah. And that heaviness, like you said, placed on the sexual experience can be very um suffocating and yeah difficult to be around and certainly not add to your wanting of that experience yeah yes yeah no um it just it becomes needy and I think that most women are not attracted to needy men I am not (laughs) um so you know, and when you first meet him and know him, there's just no, you would never think this this is a needy man. You just wouldn't. He is confident and, and sure of himself. But at the end of the day, he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just 
realizing that has um, was hard, but he has. And so, yeah, we're just so looking forward to the connection and the intimacy that we can build going forward. Um, And he even said, you know, now that we have the framework in place for the sexual experience, it has also been so freeing for him. You know, he is not thinking, when is the next time I'm going to get to have connection with her? Is it going to happen tonight? Oh, this is my opportunity. Oh, I think I have an in here, a better press, you know, (laughs) or like, it's just, and because he said too, and and I agree with him that um, because that was such a large focus of our time together, it blinded him from all the other things that I have to offer him as a partner and as a wife. And, and he is, you know, he's, he's sad about that. And I was sad about that. I didn't know it. And, you know, until he said that, I'm like, yes, like I am, I have so much more to give you than just my body. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is like, that that's like at the bottom, you know? <laughs> and, and he, he, he's like, I know, I know. And, and he's like, I just, I can't believe I've missed out on all this. Um, but, but we are excited and hopeful to have the rest of our lives together to discover it all. So we are very grateful for it. Yeah, there's usually grief, which is mixed into this process, which is can can be surprising. Um, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, culture has impacted all of us and we didn't ask for it. So we're just downloaded to us. <laughs> yes. yes. And that's also one of the reasons why I took the course because I was I refused to download it onto my children mm. as much as possible. You know, there are their outside world is not a lot in my control, but in our home, we will make sure that the messages are clear that everybody has a right to their own body and to their preferences and just having conversations um, about boundaries and listening to people. So Mm -hmm. we're happy about that too. So as much as you are comfortable sharing, uh, what your sexual experiences look like now? Um, So we have committed to one hour once a week. Um, after kids go to bed, um, and the first few, um, there, there was not any of the world definition of what a sexual experience would be. You know, it was for me and it was for us. And I just told my husband, I just, I'm going to have to build a lot of trust and experiences before, um, before we have any kind of sexual, a true sexual experience, like what the world would say is. Right. Like genital Um, involvement. Yes. (laughs) If we get scientific and factual about it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and he was in, and he was very patient and I said, essentially, you know, essentially I just need to know that like if that if we never had 
penetrative penis and vagina again. I need to know that, that I, that's, that I'm enough for you, that you are, that you're, you're in it. You're here to stay that, that I'm, and I have enough to offer you, even if that never, ever happened again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still learning how to be a really good responder. He's, he's a quick learner though. So he's, he's done a great job. Um, but, uh, but he said, he said, yes, yes. And he said, and I'm not just saying that because I, because that's the right answer. <laughs> that's the tricky part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was like, I am, I'm, he's like, you, you have to believe me. Like, this is genuine. Like, yes, yes, this is enough. Um, and then, um, this last time, um, we, um, are, I guess the first one, I guess, where there was, uh, there was genital involvement. Um, it was just more me, like it was, I was so nervous and I still am nervous because it's just is such a shift in thinking and programming and the, the pattern or the flow that we have done for 18 years is a lot to unwrite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just try to follow the path that we learned and, and when and just have compassion for myself. Um, and I guess, you know, really what I've learned is the two times that it has led to um, like where there is uh, sex is that um, it probably would, it ta- takes about, you know, 30 to 40 minutes for me to even get my brain or to have that responsive desire. And that's something I, I never knew that. I never knew that about myself. Um, I just thought it's not happening. So my body's broken because we are told you just should want it and that's it. And then, and I have learned though, that, that, yeah, it's like 30 or 40 minutes before my brain will even entertain that this is something I desire. Yep. Um, so I learned that always looking for what to learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> you still my heart. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm always telling participants of WIM. It's not a success or failure. It's what did, yes. I, learn? What did I learn for the rest of your life? What did I the learn? The rest of your life, the yeah. rest of it. And yeah, so it was scary at first going into it. And it's still probably going to be scary for a long time. Yeah. Uh, just taking the lead, using my voice, trying to figure out what I like. Cause I don't know, no idea. No, you haven't explored that. Your whole life, you haven't explored that. Whole life. Isn't that wild? That just, (laughs) that just blows my mind that there's all these women out there, just absolutely no space or energy or time put towards this. And like, there you think pleasure, pleasure and sex go together. We would think that, but not, not the way the world's taught us. Yeah. It's like you grow up and you're told this is what you're going to like. This is how it's going to look. And best of luck. <laughs> yes. And don't talk about it with anybody. Nobody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's just very different. Uh, you know, it's just too crazy to me to just look back. Like, I'm not 
like, I'm not a passive person. I'm not, I've never been like shy or scared to say fight for what's right. Or, you know, I think bossy was the term that my mom used to describe. (laughs) I said, no, I think it's assertive. Yeah. So, um, um, but, but for, you know, it's just crazy to me to think that in this one area of life, I was just like, it's like, I I didn't know how, I didn't think I was allowed Mm -hmm. uh, to say anything because I was just embarrassed and ashamed that um, my body was broken. I was broken. Something must've happened in my past. Like, let's go try to find it. Uh, all, all of that. Um, but it's crazy me to me to think like, just, I can't believe like that. I, that I use my body, like my body. It's mind blowing to think that I have ever been that person. Mm-hmm. Um, to think that I'm almost 40 and this, and it's taken this long to realize that it is, it, 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 it is mine. And, yeah. and I, get <laughs> I love it. It's mine. <laughs> it's yes. so simple, but yeah, it's it so revolutionary a, in our yes. culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, that's a, yeah. That's a beautiful <laughs> takeaway. I think if we end on that note, you know, Hey, everyone listening, just FYI, heads up, your body is yours. Yes. Yours to feel good with. If I have to say, and if I have to add one last little caveat, you do not have to give your body as a gift or a symbol of love or commitment. Your words are enough. (laughs) That's it, Amber. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me, Gina. Yeah, this was really so eye-opening and really just, it's been really such a joy watching you transform. I mean, it's only eight weeks that we're together. program, And it's just incredible how. But I'm like, I feel like I'm a whole new person. I need to go (laughs) re-meet everybody. (laughs) I love it. That's so great. And thank you all for listening right to the end with us. Um, We hope you got a lot out of it. And please let us know if you want to pass on a a note to Amber, and I will um, send that over to her. Usually we don't get a lot of emails from people, I think probably because of the topic of the podcast, but it is always nice to hear if there are some tidbits that um, made a difference in your life. So thank you again, Amber, and thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face and has a little button that says latest episodes, if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a 
five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here. And I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband, and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the wait list, to learn more, and to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.